Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. We have hope. Especially Pueblo, Colorado. We have hope. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the Holy Ghost to minister to each and every one of us. We believe, Father, for lives to be transformed. Lord, we believe for people just to have an open heart because I know that you're going to be speaking to each and every one of us because, Father, you have promised us in your word that my sheep hear my voice. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's title, Close the Door. I was reading an article this past week. Um, I think it, they're called the Duggar family. You know, they got like 100 kids. And uh, not really, but I think they have 19. Do they have 19 kids? They have a lot of kids. But anyway, one of their daughters who's married, um, she wrote an article. And in this article, she was um, struggling with her faith struggling about even believing God. And in the article, this is why she was struggling. It's because uh, she just didn't think that um, she was a good, a good Christian. And the reason she didn't think she was a good Christian is because she struggled about reading the Bible, about praying, about anything. She just struggled. And uh, because of that, she just thought that, I, I just don't think God is happy with me, that God is pleased with me. And so she was almost like giving up on her faith and giving up on God. And, and as I was reading that, I just felt like a tug in my heart that there's people here in our service, not, not giving up on God, but maybe struggling in your walk with God as far as not being good enough and not having a great relationship with your father. And uh, so I got this illustration for husbands and wives. What if a wife told her husband this? Husbands, listen up to this. What if the wife told you this? I want you to buy me flowers every day. I want you to make the bed every day. I want you to clean the bathroom every day. I want you to clean every part of the house every day. I want you to vacuum. I want you to do the laundry. And once a week, I want you to move the furniture around in the living room just to spice things up and have a change. Uh, if you do this every day, then our relationship would be good. I thought that's the response I would get. I mean, it wouldn't be too good for husbands. I are one, so I, I would not think, we got some issues here. And what if the husband tells the wives, wives, listen to this. If your husband told you this, I want you to cook every day, every meal every day. I want you to iron not only your clothes, I want you to iron my clothes. I've ironed Melody's clothes. Women's clothes are horrible. They're a lot more difficult. I want you to iron every day. Oh, yeah, and wives, instead of me taking out the trash, I want you to take out the trash. Uh, and you should have a garden so we can eat organic food. And, uh, and this is a big one, ladies. I want to make sure your hair is fixed and you wear makeup 24-7 and that you always are dressed nice. No... No, um, what are those pants? Sweatpants. No, you got to be dressed nice 24-7. Wives, would you, would you buy into that? No. I want you to do that, and then our relationship would be great. That, that just wouldn't work, would it? 
Well, your heavenly father wants you to know that's not his stipulation either. He wants you to know that. He wants you to know that he's not made a list and saying, if you do all of these things, we're going to have a great relationship. Amen. It shouldn't be that way with a husband and wife, and it's definitely not that way between us and our Heavenly Father. And um, I know that young lady who was feeling that on um, her relationship with God, she was feeling guilty, condemned. She was feeling shame. And we need to make sure that we close the door to condemnation because I've said this many times that a condemned person, it's really hard for them to receive from God. If you feel condemned, if you feel like, you know, we sang that song, you know, you say. God says a lot of good things about all of us. We think and we say things negative of us just like this young lady was saying that she didn't feel like she measured up with her relationship with God. Well, God wants you to know that he's... Not into that kind of a relationship. He's not into that. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, So now the case is closed. This is the Passion Translation. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. There is no accusing voice just speaking out to you. God wants you to know that He doesn't accuse you. He's not the accuser, uh, the accuser, the devil is. And the peace of God is the greatest weapon you and I have against the enemy. I'm telling you, he is absolutely powerless to counteract that. The enemy cannot counteract peace, the peace of God. Romans 16.20 says this, And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet. Man, I like that. The God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet. And the wonderful favor of our Lord Jesus will surround you. We need to believe that. But so many of our uh, life is just full of tension, strife, bitterness. And James 3.16 is for where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. So we can close the door to to strife. We can close the door to bitterness. You know, those things affect you physically. It's been proven by the, the medical field that when you are in strife and when you are bitter towards people, it affects you physically. So, but you can, and I can close the door. We can just determine that I'm going to forgive. Forgiveness is going to help you. It's not even really for the other person. Forgiveness is going to help you. And I've just been, in these last few weeks, I've just been wanting to know God in a, in a more intimate way. You know, God is so big, sometimes we say we know God. But God is so big, and He has, He is so many things that we think, well, I want to know God more. Did you know that no matter how much we know God, you can know God more? You know, we know that God is, doesn't contain love. He is love. He is love. But... Our relationship with, you know, with our children, if you have children, you know, when they're first born, you are the, you're the caregiver. You are the essential worker of their life. You provide shelter for them. You provide food for them. And then when they get to be a little bit older, you start giving them direction, but you're still their provider. And the great thing about when they grow up, you know, I, there was different stages. You were always thankful that you, when they got potty trained, you didn't have to change their diaper. That was a big step. And then it was great to when they could uh, put on their own clothes. That was 
a big step for me. And even tie their own shoes. That's why we always try to get slip-ons. But uh, as and then they could uh, get their own drink and not spill their drink. How many, how many times have you spilled hundreds, maybe thousands of just cups? And, of course, now they have those sippy cups where that's, that was from heaven, uh, that invention. But, um, but there's so many things as they grow up and they become a teenager. They get to be more self-sufficient. And, uh, but then when they get to be uh, more on the adult arena, arena, that you start having a relationship with them. It's not a, uh, so much a transactional type relationship. And I was thinking about that with our Heavenly Father. You know, a lot of us, and like I said, there's no condemnation here. You may still be here. Is that you just have a relationship with God because it's you need Him to give you what you need. You need Him to give you peace. You need to give Him joy. You need to make sure that uh, your bills are paid. You're, you're just going to Him for, to get healing for your body or whatever. And uh, it's almost just like, you know, when a toddler and gets to be a little bit older, they look to their parents for that. But, uh, and that's okay. There's not too many parents, you know, sit there and, and the child goes, you know, I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know, the parent doesn't go, hey, I'm more than just a peanut butter jelly sandwich maker, okay? I'm a human being. I, I have ideas and I have thought. No, no parent would ever hopefully say that to their child. So God is never, you know, offended when we come to him in that arena. But there is something bigger that you and I can tap into with God. Instead of just going to Him for something because you have a need, you can go to Him for a relationship because God wants you to know Him just like we want to know our children when they get to be in their 20s, 30s, 40s, or whatever. You still want them to have a relationship with you. But it kind of changes, doesn't it? There's input, and then they, it, it, it's just more relaxing almost. But um, I want to show you something about God that maybe you've forgotten or you just don't think about that much. And that is um, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Because if I would ask everybody here, do you want to know God more? I'm sure everybody would raise their hand. Do you want to know God more? Well... I'm going to show you something about God that will cause you to know him more. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard it said, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, this is Jesus, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus said, you've heard it said, it was written, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. You can love your neighbor, hate your enemy. How many know that's an easy thing to do? Love your neighbor, hate those who use you, persecute you. And, uh, but Jesus turns around and he says, but I'm saying something different to you. I'm going to show you a side of me that you may not know and totally understand. I want you to bless those that curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's on the tough side, is it not? He goes on to say, In that way, 
you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Ouch. He said, if you're doing this, you're going to be showing the world that you're my children. Now, there again, we get the cart before the horse. We think, okay, I got to really make sure that I don't hate my enemies. I got to do it. No. You got to come to God, and once you start having a relationship with you, He will reveal to you and to me that there's grace for your enemies. Don't worry, if the wind keeps blowing, we'll all take off together. The worship team can get up and say, I'll fly away. But anyway, uh, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. All of us in this place have grace to do that. We have grace to do that. He goes on to say, if you love only those who love you, what reward is that for, for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect or mature, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So, this is the thing. When somebody persecutes you, cuts you off in traffic, cusses you out, you know what they're saying? They're saying right across their forehead, I'm your next prayer request. You need to pray for me. I don't know about you, but that just helps me. Instead of, you know, because I mean, especially when it comes to driving, Melody says, don't just keep talking about driving. But you know, when I, you work for FedEx like I did, you know, <laughs> drivers can really irritate you, really irritate you. And so now, when somebody cuts me off, I just will pray for them because they obviously want prayer. They obviously want prayer. So when somebody is being stinking mean to you, they're not being stinking mean to you just to be stinking mean to you. They are saying, please, pray for me. I need prayer. That's awesome. Jesus says, if you do that, it's going to show the world that you're my children. And the great thing is, we have grace to do that. We can pray forever. I tell you what, it's, it's going to cause your blood pressure not to just jump through the roof every time somebody, you know, just gets really mad. I mean, there's time, I, this has happened, I'm sure, to everybody in here. Somebody gets mad at you for no reason. For no reason whatsoever. I mean, whether it's the cashier or one of your relatives, maybe the person you're sitting next to, whatever. They get mad at you for no reason. And the typical response in your flesh is, is to get mad back. And so everybody, the tension and the strife rises. So you can be the one that goes, you know what? You obviously need prayer today. I'm going to pray for you. I am going to pray for you. And it will cause just things to settle down in your life. In James chapter 5 verse 16 it says this. Tremendous power is released through the passionate heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Your prayers mean something. It's easy to think as Christians and if you've been serving God for a long time that you know do, does God really hear my prayers? I'm here to tell you he does. He hears your prayers. I encourage you all, you know, I know Dwayne and Christina, they pray at 9.30, a half hour before the service. I think it's, is it a half hour? So come and join and pray with them. Pray for the service. Pray for people. 
I, I know this. The Bible says this in Hebrews, that uh, Hebrews 9.22, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sin. Without the, without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sin. Let me ask you this. What caused the blood to come out of Jesus? Think about that. What caused Jesus to spill in blood? It was people who were tormenting him and abusing him to cause blood to be spilled out of him. Did you get that? Most people would have responded with, I'm going to get you for doing that. When the whip came upon him, the Bible says it exposed his bones. He was beaten so bad that his bones began to, to stick through his muscles. That's how many times he was beaten. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. But the thing that exposed the blood was the mistreatment of mankind. So with every drop of blood that spilled to the ground, it was God Almighty saying, I love you and I forgive you. That's amazing. That's just amazing. That people that were mean to him, that abused him, that was the reason that he shed his blood. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So I'm going to give you a goal this week. I want you to pray for your neighbor. You know, Melly and I, we were sitting on our front porch. And uh, we just thought, you know, we need to pray for the people across the street. We need to pray for those people across the street. We've met them or whatever. And um, I don't know if they're believers or not. But uh, I challenge you. If you, don't, if you live out in Timbuktu and don't have a neighbor, I'm sure you have people at your work that just possibly may get under your skin. Maybe. Pray for them. Maybe you have a child that has been getting under your skin. Maybe you have a spouse. Maybe you have a co-worker. I want to challenge you this week to pray for them. I was listening to someone that I really respect, and um, they said they had this dream. And in this dream, they were watching in this room people being tormented. I mean, really tormented, not just, you know, poked at or whatever. I mean, being abused, vulgarly being abused, you name it. They were, and it was all night long during the night she saw this dream. She woke up and she felt horrible. She felt like, it was worse than any horror flick you could watch on TV. The next night she went to bed and the same thing. She fell asleep and uh, she saw that same dream. She woke up 3 o'clock in the morning and she was panting and everything. And she went into the living room and she woke up her husband and everything. She says, man, I'm just having this horrible dream. I'm hor having this horrible dream. She went to sleep and sure enough, picked up right again where she left off. She woke up early again, and she said, God, are you trying to say something to me, or is this from the pit of hell? What is going on with this dream? She went back to sleep, and this time the Lord showed her something. He showed her his heart. And one of the chambers of his heart was the torture, same scene that was going on that she was uh, seen 
she saw that in one of the chambers of his heart. And she said, well, God, you, you're seeing this. Do something. Do something about this in our world. This is going on in so many places and, and people are, are suffering. Do something. And he began to weep and he said this. He says, I can only do with what people are, are praying and believing me for to do. I'm doing all that I can. And at that particular moment, she felt physical love and compassion of God, how he feels towards mankind. I mean, she's close to my age. She says, I've never felt the love of God that intensely, that much, as I did right then and there, knowing how much God loves people. God loves people. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He doesn't just love the good ones. He loves the most wicked person on the planet. Because the most wicked people, you could say, of his time, are the ones that caused his blood to be spilled. So that all humanity would know, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's many different sides to God. In our relationship and our walk with him. I have been walking. I was saved in the Baptist church when I was seven years old. I've been walking with God for a long time. I'm 61 so you figure it out. But there's been ebbs and flow in our relationship. But I can honestly say these last few months during this whole COVID mess that I have grown stronger to have a more desire to know just him. Paul said this. He said, I'm t saying to you that I want to know him, Jesus more, and him crucified. Period. That's it. I want to know Jesus more. Because I do know this, when you have a relationship with him, all of a sudden you realize it's not just a transactional type relationship. Most of my Christian life, it was transactional. In other words, if I felt like I was pleasing to God, he was going to do something good for me. If I read my Bible enough, God was going to do something nice for me. If, if I was just praying a whole lot, he was, he was going to do something good for me. So it's transactional, almost kind of like a slot machine at Vegas. You put the point in, and you're just waiting for the three bananas or something to show up, whatever it is. And I know that's sometimes how our relationship with God is. Did you know God will take you on any level that you want to give him, first of all? That's the good news. It's just like a, pa a parent with their child. You, know, you don't tell your four-year-old, I want you to sit down and we're going to talk for an hour. <laughs> I don't know what world you're living in, but that ain't, if you can get your child to talk to you, four-year-old, for three minutes, that is heaven came down. You can't even get... Uh, I know Danielle, those three grandsons, we couldn't get them to sit down for 30 seconds, much less three minutes. <laughs> But you just get what you take. You talk to them or whatever, and then boom, they're off. You go, that was great. 
It's good. It was good. You know, we don't force. That's the thing about love. It's, it gives you free choice. It gives you free choice. God gives us free choice. Your husband loves you and your wife loves you because you gave them free choice. You can't make somebody love you. You can't make somebody spend time with you. You, can't, you shouldn't be making anybody do anything because you give them free choice when they're adults. I'm not talking about little ones living underneath the roof. That If your mother tells you to clean up your room, you have to clean up your room. We're not talking about that. But the point is this. God will take you whatever you want to get, give him. And he will be pleased with whatever you give him. But I've just grown to the point that I know the more that I spend time with him, the happier Mike Davis is. The more I sense his presence, the more easier it is to receive what he's already given to me. To walk in health and to walk in healing. And to know without a shadow of a doubt that I don't ever have to fear. Because I know my Heavenly Father is going to always provide for me. Just like some five-year-old never worries about, oh no, we're going to have milk this week. You could be out of a job. Husband and wife totally unemployed and the child's not going to worry. Child's not going to go, mom and dad lost their job. No, Captain Crunch this week. No kid's going to do that. They're going to sit down at the table and they're going to go, what are we eating today? And something to be provided for. They won't have a care in the world. That's the way it is with our Heavenly Father if you know who He is. He wants you to know Him. And so I've just, I found this out. He wants to be known more than what you want to know Him. He wants to be known. Why? Because once you know Him, the peace that's inside of you starts getting manifested to a greater degree. The more that you know Him, the more you want to pray for those who spitefully use you. The more that you know Him, no matter what's going on the outside, you just have peace and the love of God. When people put the pressure on you, what squeezes out of your pores is love. Just like what came out of Jesus was a liquid love. We call it blood, but it was nothing more than liquid love. The love of God poured out of him because of what man was doing to him. Don't we really want to be like that? that however we treated, what comes out of us is love. Yes. It says if you do that, you will show the world that you're children the most high God. Now that's not a, a stipulation if you don't do that. does that, No, I'm not saying that at all. I am not saying that at all. I'm just saying the more that we get to know Him, life becomes sweeter for you and me. And I'll tell you what, if there's ever been a time in history, we need some sweetness going on on this planet right now. And the good news is, Jesus said this. This is how the world's going to know you're my disciples. The world's not going to know you're a disciple of God because you can quote 400 scriptures. Don't get me wrong. I believe you should know the word of God inside and out. But I even read my Bible with a different mentality. Instead of I need to read today, I open up the Bible and I say, God, I want to know you in a greater way today. I want to know you in a greater way today. Show me. Show me some things about you that I've never known before. He's so big. You're going to, it's, it's a, you can't come to an end. You can't say, okay, I know God now. No. Even if you know God loves you, there's no end to that. 
No matter what. So I read the Bible with a whole different purpose now. I want to know you in a greater depth. And I guarantee you, He will show you things that you've never known before. Things that you've even maybe underlined in your Bible. All of a sudden, it becomes more real to you. Things that you've known about Him. I'm telling you, He loves you so much. He will take you wherever you're at so there's no condemnation, no guilt, no shame. But I'm just saying to all of you today, the more we step in and say, God, I want to be acquainted with you. I want to know you in a greater way. Life will change for you. You will be changed knowing him. Nobody comes into, gets, draws close to God and doesn't get changed. Zacchaeus, he was a cheat. He was a thief tax collector. He robbed people, intimidated people. And he had the power. He had the power of all of the Roman army behind him. And yet, when Jesus sit there and he said, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I'm going to have dinner with you today. He invited himself. And when Jesus showed up, not one time did Jesus say to Zacchaeus, you're a cheat. You've been cheating people. You've been mistreating people. He didn't do anything about guilt and condemnation. What Jesus did, he, was, he showed up and he showed that he loved Zacchaeus right where he was at. And when Zacchaeus came in contact with the love of God, greed, meanness, and everything that he was left. Love can do that to people. Love is the only thing that can do that to people. Not your pointing of the finger, not making new laws, not just saying you all shouldn't do that. There's a lot of junk going on on our planet. And the only thing that's going to change is the love of God. Amen. Let's stand. We've read this scripture so many times, but it just always stays on my heart. Second Peter 1.3 Everything we could ever need for life, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him. Everything that's been deposited on the inside of us is only going to be manifest by knowing Him. Through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. As a result of this, he's given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature. By which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are in the world. Everything that God is, it's because of relationship. Experience. He's not going to ever condemn you for not reading your Bible, for not praying. It's not going to condemn you for anything that you are or are not doing. But I'm here just to tell you the good news. The more that I know him, the more real not only he is, but the more real of what he has deposited inside of me comes to realization in Mike Davis that healing is inside of me. Provision is inside of me. The peace of God, the joy of God, the love of God. 
Everything that I need is inside of me. I'm not begging God to pour it out. Not twisting God's arm to try to get him to do something. Our major walk in life is to get to know him. Because I truly believe this. That God is not dealing with human beings. With anybody on the planet. He's not dealing with them what they are doing wrong. He's dealing with them what they are missing. And not knowing and experiencing Jesus. Woo! That's good news. That God is not dealing with you like you should be doing this and you're doing this wrong. No, he's saying that's not you, Mike. I'm going to show you what you're missing by not experiencing Jesus. That's what he wants to reveal to the human race. What you're missing by not experiencing Jesus Christ. Not because of what you're doing wrong. We're always going to do something wrong. We always will. And he knew, knows that. But he bottled up with everything that was wrong with all of humanity. He bottled it all up on the cross. And it was nailed to the cross. What every person would do wrong, it was nailed to the cross. So people say, well, God's going to deal with you what's doing wrong. You say, he already has. You're late. You're too late. He dealt with that 2,000 years ago. Galatians 3.13. He crucified the curse on the cross. Everything wrong with humanity has been dealt with back there. What's wrong with humanity now is that we're not experiencing Jesus and we don't know him. But we have an opportunity to do that. Amen. I know that you want to do that. I believe everybody in here heard this message today and is watching by online. I believe there's going to come a stronger desire to know him. Not because it's a legalistic thing. Not because if I do that, I will be accepted by him. You're already accepted by him. Ephesians chapter 1, you are the accepted of the beloved. We're not doing this to be more pleasing to him. You already please him. You do. We're doing this is because how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. He desires it more than us. It's a win-win. It's a win-win for Jesus and it's a win-win for us. But like any good parent, whatever you give him, he will appreciate. He will take. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that I believe and I pray for everybody that's listening. I pray that there will be a stronger desire, a literal hunger that I want to know you. That I want to know you. Religion to fall by the wayside. Legalism to fall by the wayside. We don't want to become another Pharisee and Sadducee and say, this is what everybody should be doing. This is what the law says. This is what the word says. No, we don't want to be a person like that. We want to be just come as we are and say, God, I just want to sit down in your presence and I don't even know if I have anything to say. Just come. Spend time with him. Father, we love you. We believe for lives to be transformed. I believe that marriages to be improved. Employees to become better employees. And even uh, have great ideas to even start their own business. And things to change in people's lives. Because of the goodness and the love of God. Help us to pray for those. Who are not treating us right. That just like. The love of God poured out when blood was spilled. I pray that the love of God would pour out of us. There would be a strong desire at Rocky Mountain Family Church to pray for people. 
to pray for people in our city, our state, our nation, and around the world. All of the evil that's going on. We're going to believe God for the goodness of God to invade every black, dark hole of evil. The goodness of the gospel to be preached to those people. And just like Saul of Tarsus, he'll get knocked off his horse and he'll stand up as a Paul. We pray for that to happen, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.